0: revolutionary talk for revolutionary times promoting peace liberty and prosperity around the clock liberty Talk.fm.
1: All oh, the band is out of the field! He's So Because when we be out, is be one in the right line. in the right down
2: the line. Yeah, let's get let's what's get up? What's started, up, everybody? We're back and yeah, finally Xander, started, the man wit started, is back in the yeah, building. He is no longer on the travel hiatus. I mean, there can only be certain people in the world that have superhuman powers and have the ability to travel the cr- country and still do the show. But other than me, there are not many like it. So Xander, I understood and gave you the hiatus for two weeks, but we're glad to have you back.
0: Yeah, Roz, it's good to be back. Um, I was on the road the past couple of weeks. I was in Vegas for five days um, with my pops. I was doing a little, little business uh, seminar, so I got got to speak. That was fun. Um, got in on a Saturday night, so we got to watch football at the Mirage on Sunday. And tell you the truth, it was really fun watching football there. But it is a lot. It's a lot of action because you're not watching red zone. Every single game is on. The screen, so it's kind of it's hard to keep up. Your 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 neck hurts at the end of the day because you're just looking all over the room. But it was a super fun time, and the roar of the crowd when Miami had that play at the end of the game against the Patriots was was pretty surreal. A um, lot of money changing hands on that play. That was a lot of fun. The next week, I was uh in St. Louis, my company headquarters, doing a little work. Uh, tried to get the show, tried to get it coordinated, but it just didn't work out. So. Hope you guys have enjoyed Roz's monotonous voice the past two weeks, um, but I think it's good to get a little a little banter back and forth here as we approach week seventeen in the NFL season. But you know, a little update on Witz's life since I've last been on the show. Um, I'm a, a loser of two fantasy football championships, and like I was telling Roz beforehand, nobody ever remembers second place, so I, I got to regroup, got to figure it out for next year. But great congratulations to Rube. Took me down. Our
2: number one listener our no, is the our is one the champion listener, yeah. of our fantasy football league.
0: He uh he he did his he did his work, he did his homework, listened to a lot of the sporting edge, and uh kind of took the best of our advice for this year. Um, but I think he went thirteen and one or fourteen and one on the year. Really a wire to wire victory for Rube. So congratulations. My mid trade my mid year trade with Rube for Rob Gronkowski. Um it didn't really work out. really didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, I got got to the championship game, but he uh, put up a fat goose egg in the ship. So a little disappointed in that. But Rube will have his name on the trophy, and we will regroup for next year. We're talking about maybe making a run at a keeper league, which would be a lot of fun. Um, but, Roz, we got to talk about Week 17 in the NFL. We've got the playoff picture almost fully set. But there are still a couple things that can happen in the AFC and the NFC. Um, but yeah, let, let's break down a little bit of what happened last week in the NFL do you have any thoughts uh, you know Saints look like they're uh, they're ready to go. Um, they're gonna have uh, playoffs going through New Orleans in the NFC.
2: Right right. Yeah, lots of thoughts. I think the Saints beating the Steelers, it was kind of on both spectrums created the, the wheels and the brain going because you have the Steelers who are now knocked out of the playoffs with that loss, as well as the Saints clinching home field advantage. Obviously, the Steelers still have a shot with their Week 17 outcomes. They need to win and they need the Ravens to lose. Um, but before we get into the technicalities of what's going to happen this postseason in terms of what the teams are and the matchups are, because Wits, I'm really going to need you to answer who you think is going to win the Super Bowl at this point because my brain is an absolute jumbled mess. I, I What I really took away from Week 16 is there's just different levels of fandom. And growing up in Chicago, I've gotten to see a bunch of those levels. I was there when the Cubs were really bad. I witnessed the Bears being really bad at the time. The Packers were really good. I've witnessed how fans react. I've gotten to fans who like to – enjoy seeing their team win at all costs. And then you've got the fans who root for a loss. And last week I think it was the epitome of pitting those two against one another because beyond all else, a pretty amazing football game was that Jets Packers game. Am I wrong or am I wrong?
0: <laughs> Are you wrong? Uh, I, th- I think you're right. It, it was a great game. Um, right. And I it think
2: was, it's a game you would pay to watch like on a Monday night. You get pay blood to watch. Pump
0: in, like, But I, I think, I think that was a perfect game for the Jets fans. It was awesome. I mean, overtime, loss, I mean, high-scoring game, but, you know, 4-11, you're going to get a higher draft pick. Um, and I agree with you as a Packers but, fan. And
2: that's, But that's my part as a Packers fan. I, I'm sitting there watching it when it's like 35-30, and I'm like, oh my God, we're driving. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have anybody to console or have any answers. I was like, oh my God, do I need Rodgers to mess up? And then he scores on a rushing touchdown, and I'm going nuts. Like, full-on nuts, and I'm like, oh, we still got to go for the two-point conversion, and we hit the two-point conversion. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to win this game. I'm super pumped. Then my or then the Jets drive down, kick that field goal because our defense is as asinine as can be, and it's tied. I'm like, okay, you know what? It was fun. Rodgers had a really good game. Maybe we'll just lose in overtime and we'll have a better draft pick, but we have an amazing p- uh, pass from Rodgers connecting to my boy, Devonta Adams, who's going to set the all-time record for Packers' receive- or receptions in a year next week, um, and I'm just stoked. Go- and I don't know if I could. I just couldn't find myself rooting hard enough for them to lose. But I kept finding myself cheering when they were winning. You know, so I don't know what where I am on the spectrum. I know how important draft picks are, but like, it was. I don't know if I can be a guy that roots for a losing team.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I don't think you have to be because um, just the draft. You know, you really don't know what's going to happen. And I think you know, you only get sixteen games a year. Um, if you don't make the playoffs, you might as well root for your team to win. Um, but looking at some action around the league, there were some awesome games last week. Um, starting off at the top of the list, we had Colts fighting for their playoff lives um, against a pretty pretty good effort by the New York Giants. Um, Colts won that game 28-27. Uh, Andrew Luck can't say enough about what he's done for that team this year. Frank Reich, they really had things working. Uh, so that was awesome to see. We also had, we talked about Packers-Jets, And how about Eagles-Texans? I mean, this Eagles team, Nick Foles, um, the guy is unbelievable. It's amazing. I think Carson Wentz is 100% the quarterback of the future there, but the quarterback right now is Nick Foles. He's done some amazing things over his past, I think, eight or nine starts. Jake Elliott comes through, kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires and keeps the Eagles alive. Um, Then looking a little farther down, we had Saints-Steelers, Drew Brees, Waits uh, till the final drive to throw his first touchdown pass of the game. Um, disappointing fantasy playoffs again, but he did lead the Saints to victory. And now the playoffs will run through New Orleans in the NFC. And then, as much shade as we've both thrown on him at different points in time, Russell Wilson takes down the Kansas City Chiefs 38-31 in an epic matchup on Sunday night. Seahawks are 9-6. and six. Looks like they're going to the playoffs. Um, It was a great week of football, Roz.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely hurt the bank, as the NFL has done for the last two years. Um, Finishing off with that Russell Wilson win over the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense is really not that impressive. Uh, And like you mentioned already, Drew Brees wasn't very impressive the last couple of weeks. Who has been impressive? And and I'm going to be honest, brutally honest with you here, Witts. And this is where the conversation is going to open up. The most impressive person to me in the NFL right now is Nicky December. I have never seen a guy perform like Nick Foles in December. He is arguably the best quarterback I've ever seen in clutch time. I mean, you look at him coming in again and propelling the hopes of this Philadelphia Eagles team, yet has an awful QBR from week one to week two. It's amazing. And with the way the rest of the NFL is going right now, I don't have a favorite. I don't, I'm not impressed by anyone and there's not a clear cut. In fact, it makes me even more worried that the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl. That so,
0: thought. We're going to talk me- more about playoff football after the break. If you missed the show, you know where to find us libertytalk.fm at libertytalk.fm and AMFM 24
2: What's up? What's up, everybody? We heard my voice go higher pitch, so clearly I am in a state of delusion and and a state of uh, pure bliss at the same time. Let's just go with that because the NFL playoffs are so fun, but it just is so unclear to me what's going to be occurring when it comes to that time. And that's why I asked you, the only person I'm impressed with currently is Nikki December. As I say his name again, tell me where in the NFL you see a team strong enough to drive their way to the Super Bowl because none of these teams have been impressive the last three weeks I don't care what fan base you are what team you root for and what stats you've seen none of these teams have been performing to the level we expect not the Patriots not the Chiefs not the Rams not the Saints tell me who you got with moving forward
0: (sighs) that is tough you know I have to say I, I have never been more excited For the NFL playoffs than I am this year, because I look up and down at the 12, or let's say the 14 possible teams that can be in the mix. And it's unbelievable. Each team, you know, has their different strengths, different types of ways they play football. But you know, we were talking about Nikki December. Um, and look at the last two weeks. 32-30 win over the first place Texans and a 30-23 win over the St. or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they won four out of their last five. And It's interesting, Rod, because they play the Redskins this week, week 17. They just cut their Pro Bowl safety, DJ Swearinger, um, because the Redskins are just trying to go 500 in perpetuity. That that was what they were destined to do, and Daniel Snyder wants to make it happen. Um, And then the Vikings are playing the first place Chicago Bears in week 17. The Bears really have nothing to play for, but how fitting would it be for Captain Kirk to come out and blow one more playoff chance for this Minnesota team um, and have the Eagles sneak in the back door. And everybody knows the NFL playoffs, anything can happen. Just ask Eli Manning. The guy has won two Super Bowls from the wild card spot. So this is going to be one heck of a week 17. But like you mentioned, Roz, let's take a look at the playoff picture because I honestly think each team that has a chance to get in, um, besides maybe the Titans, I think has a legitimate shot to win it all. Um, So let's, let's first start off with the AFC, uh, Kansas city, new England, Houston, Baltimore. Well,
2: I'm clearly, I'm going to be playing devil's advocate for all these teams. So I, if you want to start, I know you're listing off the teams, but starting just with what you just said, the chiefs who are still not even sure they have home field advantage. Maybe they do. They have looked atrocious on the defensive side of the ball and Pat Mahomes, or Pat McAfee continues to be a gunslinger, but is that going to be enough for them moving forward?
0: I really don't know what to think about the Chiefs cuz they have a great football team, Patrick Mahomes has had an awesome year, but I just the one guy I keep thinking about is Andy Reid and how he really as great of a coach as he is in the regular season, he's really not lived up to the hype in the big games. I'm talking about the playoffs. In the closest he got was that 05 team in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb and T.O., and they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. So I worry a little bit about this Kansas City team in the long run because I just don't know if they're going to be able to get over the hump. And I think, you know, you saw what a playoff game could look like when Seattle took them down last week. So I worry a little bit about the Chiefs. Um, I think they're going to be in the mix for years to come. But I look at the Chiefs, and then number two, I mean, the Patriots – they have become a team that has had such a dynasty the past 20 years that I just don't I don't even have to watch their regular season to know that if they're in the playoffs, then they have a chance. They've won 10 straight division titles, and I've, I've heard it all this year. Tom Brady is slowing down. Rob Gronkowski is slowing down. Josh Gordon, not with the team anymore. Um, but I think you have to agree with me here. As long as the Patriots are in the dance they've got a chance to win it all. I think there's no question about that.
2: Completely agree with you. They are always that team. Like you said, you can scrap the regular season. It's almost like they're the only NBA team in the NFL where it doesn't matter what occurs in the regular season. They are the Patriots of the postseason and you have the mind of Bill Belichick. And it only takes one game for Bill's mind to just outsmart you. Um, But I, I hate to say Tom's slowing down. I don't want to be a guy that jumps on that train that says Tom's slowing down because every time somebody does that, he goes and wins a Super Bowl or throws for 500 yards in a Super Bowl. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I personally right now think they have the best shot only because they're the team that has most experience going in. But like I've been saying, I'm going to be devil's advocate because I don't know who is going to win it all. They do look slower. They don't look like they have as much talent to keep up offensively with some of these teams, and their defense is – an average, maybe a little bit of above-average defense. They're not the making of a Super Bowl team. So just like the Chiefs, I don't know how I feel about the Patriots either.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but like you said, Bill Belichick, I mean, that's what the great thing about the NFL playoffs. It's only one game, um, a little bit different than the NBA and the MLB. That really favors, I think, the better team because, I mean, five games, seven games, um, you just have more of a chance to make more plays. But the NFL, one week, for four quarters, really, anything can happen. Um, but like you said, Bill Belichick, probably the best coach of all time. You can never count them out. Looking at number three, the Houston Texans, th- This, I, I kind of feel the same way about the Houston Texans as I do about the Chiefs. I think they have a chance. I think they absolutely have a chance, especially defensive side of the ball, having J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, those guys are two game changers. And looking at Deshaun Watson, I mean, I think he's a guy who can make a run. But... And then again, they uh, they confuse me a little bit because you know they started off 0-3, had a 1% chance of making the playoffs, rattled off eight in a row. They sit here at 10-5. Um, so I think they have a chance, but I, I do not think the Houston Texans will be holding up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year.
2: Well, so when we get to the NFC side of it, with a year that is, to me, scrambled, a year that it looked like it was Rams or nothing or Saints or nothing and then Chiefs or nothing, it has resorted to a year where, anybody's gonna win this thing there's not one team heads and heels above the other and that puts the Texans probably in the best position in my opinion because I think Deshaun Watson has the weapons he's got two running backs that are pretty decently reliable he's got a receiving core that is there for him I mean DeAndre Hopkins to me has proved he's probably the best receiver in the league I know Devontae Adams is having an insane year but it is year in and year out with DeAndre Hopkins this offense like you said, it's playoff time. If this offense clicks for three games, gets hot, pulls Eli Manning-style postseason, they're going to be champions, and Big Cat's going to be cutting off his pinky. And I think this would be the year of years for this Texans team to win it with Deshaun Watson.
0: I, I could see it. I could see it. But we move down number four in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens at 9 and 6 what has Lamar Jackson meant to this team over the past five weeks? The guy, I mean, it's remarkable the style of football that they're playing right now, and they're playing at such a high level. And the one thing, not Lamar Jackson, that makes me think that the Ravens have a shot to win it all is their defense. I mean, they have the best defense in football, and I think there there is no discounting a good defense because we've seen the Ravens two times in the past, since the 2000s, They've won the Super Bowl. It's been with an unreal defense. Looking at Ray Lewis back with Trent Dilfer and looking at that defense with Joe Flacco against the 49ers, I think this Baltimore team, you know, as ugly as a game of football as they can play, I think they have a shot because their defense is so good.
2: I am in complete agreement with you, especially after what they did to the Chargers this past week because there's nobody better at losing the big games. I mean... Kirk Cousins needed a teacher in order to be that bad in crunch time and in the big games, and the best teacher was Phillip Rivers, Mr. INT when it matters, and they beat down that Chargers team. Ravens, like you said, the Ravens would be, every year you've got the strong offensive team entering the playoffs, you've got the strong defensive team, and that is the Ravens. So like you said, once again, every game is an individual game, and if that defense just outlasts any of these good offenses, it's going to be tough to get past the Ravens, especially since Lamar Jackson adds this new element to the offense. It isn't just a Joe Flacco-led team that is pass first. Lamar Jackson scares people on the ground, and has really started to develop that cannon of an arm. Accuracy always an issue, but if the defense holds like they've been holding recently, Lamar Jackson only needs to put in a couple of scores in order to win.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing the AFC we've still got four teams that have a shot at that first and second seed and that fifth team that we just brought up um, and we're coming up on a break here, but we've got a few seconds to talk about Philip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers. They've really played for the most part, pretty lights out football this year. I mean, I know they lost this past Saturday night to Baltimore. Um, It was a pretty, pretty demanding victory by the Ravens. I thought that was a great effort, um, a great playoff push, but the Chargers, Chargers are a very scary team. And I think, you know, with, uh, Joey Bosa coming back healthy midway through the season. Phillip Rivers really having one of the best seasons of his career. Look at Melvin Gordon. I think he'll be finally fully healthy for this playoff run. Um, Keenan Allen as well. The Chargers are a team for me who I would like to see win because I really do like Phillip Rivers. I think he's had a great career. But we're going to talk about that more after the break. If you miss the show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm AMFM247.com We'll be back after the break, everybody.
1: that will help you, give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubb at the We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at the bubba show.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubble Report.
0: What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Sporting Edge, and we were on number five in the AFC playoff picture, and now we move down to the winner-take-all matchup bras between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. This is a win-and-you're-in playoff game. Who you got on Sunday?
2: I've got to go with Andrew Luck. He's going to have the redemption story completed, and I just don't believe enough in the Titans. You've heard me say it all year long. The Titans don't have an identity. At first, they think it's Mariota. Then they've been putting all their hope in Derrick Henry, who honestly has rattled off one of the best stretches of fantasy football I've ever seen. Uh, But it's Andrew Luck's time to shine, and I'm all in. I'm a Colts beating this Titans team because Mariota's all good for about a quarter, and then it'll be Blaine Gabbert's turn to blow the game right before it counted.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if if Mariota's going to play this week. Uh, Some scary news coming out of Titans camp with a a lot of nerve issues for Mariota. Um, He was talking about how the whole right side of his body was was tingly, going numb during their last matchup. Um, So I, I like Andrew Luck, and I like the story. That's even the best part. I think this would be a great... I think Andrew Luck's got to win comeback player of the year, my personal opinion. He, he's been really awesome the entire year. And i gotta got to give a lot of credit to Frank Reich. I mean, I think if that guy is not in the running for Coach of the Year, um, I think that would be a farce, but I think he definitely is. And I think you've seen the, how the, the Philadelphia Eagles have definitely missed that guy this year because um, I know they've been hot the past few weeks. But, I mean, he's done a lot of great things with Andrew Luck this year. So that kind of wraps up. The AFC playoff picture, I mean, I know the Steelers have a very slim chance, about 17% right now to make it. Um, so crazier things have happened, but we'll see where that lies this week. But now we move on to the NFC, Roz. Um, like we mentioned before, the playoffs are going to run through New Orleans. And I don't know, Roz. The Saints team, you know, everybody was in love with them for a while, and they looked like they couldn't get anything done, and they pull off a huge victory against the Steelers last week, but I'm one of those guys who say, I don't really care the playoffs are going through New Orleans. I think they're going to be due for a clunker in these playoffs, and I think the Saints are going to be an early out this year.
2: I'm sort of on board with you because as nice as it is to have the fan noise, once you're playing in a dome, just ask Aaron Rodgers on his way to a Super Bowl win, you take the elements out of the game. So it is going to be a clean football game. The only difference, obviously, the crowd noise. And as we've seen, Drew Brees has not been performing like the MVP-looking Drew Brees we saw earlier in the year. Uh, And early out isn't surprising to me. It'll shift home field advantage somewhere else, which would most likely be sunny L.A., California, where it will be anybody else's home game other than the Rams. So, yeah, uh, the Saints, to me, as dominant as they look early in the season, that offense isn't running people off the field anymore, and their defense is allowing other offenses to keep them in the game. The Saints really have kind of gone the other direction. They've regressed in terms of my Super Bowl favorites, so I am not riding the Saints. They won't go marching in.
0: (laughs) I don't think they will either, but if you remember the last time they were the number one seed in 2009, they took home the Super Bowl under Drew Brees, so we'll see what happens there. And I think number two seed, as it stands right now in the NFC, Roz, I think a lot of people are sleeping on this team for how they perform. You know, over this latter stretch of the season. The Los Angeles Rams are still, I think, maybe the most dangerous team in pro football when you look at the weapons they have on both sides of the ball. They're not guaranteed the number two slot. The Chicago Bears can still take that if they win in Week 17 and the Rams drop this game as a 10-point favorite to the 49ers. But, Roz, what are the chances that the Rams are going to be matching up against the AFC in the Super Bowl this year?
2: I think it's, first off, easy to sleep on this Rams team when you look at the schedule they play. I mean, when you get to play the Cardinals and the 49ers twice in the same year, it looks kind of pretty when you beat down uh, those teams. But the Rams, again, it's going to come down to no mistakes from Jared Goff, which has not been a reality recently. His interceptions have gone significantly up this portion of the season. And are they going to be able to get Todd Gurley the ball? And is this defense going to play? Like, this defense that they spent all this money on – has not performed to the ability that we expect. And When they play the good teams, that must that was one of the greatest games of all time, the Chiefs-Rams, but to give up 50 points is absolutely baloney. And also the way they played against the Bears, not closing down the stretch, as well as how they played against the Saints. When they play good offenses, that defense is lulled to sleep. Aaron Rodgers did it himself when he was in California. This is another team that has the absolute potential for an easy out, which makes it really scary because I know the next team you're going to bring up is going to be a team that I might – Actually, have to consider being a Super Bowl favorite right now.
0: Interesting, you bring that up, um, and I totally agree with you. The Rams' defense, you know, they've had some some times here where they have just not shown up. And with all the names on that side of the ball, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe. But you know, this Rams team at the same time they could walk their way to the Super Bowl. But I think that the key to this playoffs and the theme is going to be defense because you've got all these offensive juggernauts, but. You look at the main theme all these teams, I mean it's going to be defense and like you said the Chicago Bears at 11 and 4 right now. I don't think anybody had the Bears playing this good of football this year, but that early season addition of Khalil Mack, I think has flipped the league on its head. I think it's it's catapulted the Bears into a, you know, a premier defense once again. And the guy like Mitch Trubisky who I think you take a lot of other quarterbacks in these playoffs over him. The guy definitely has a playmaking ability um, to maybe lead this Bears team to a Super Bowl appearance. So, Roz, you said the Bears might be your Super Bowl favorite right now. Um, how do you see these playoffs playing out for them?
2: Like you said, I think the best defense wins in the NFC. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be shootouts, but it's going to be which team makes the defensive play at the end of the game, which usually is a crucial turnover. And if you look at who's leading the league in turnover differential, that is the Chicago Bears. Obviously, a healthy Eddie Jackson is going to be the most important thing because as good as that front line is for the Bears, I think their secondary has been something out of nowhere. I mean, we talk about the years where Chris Conte was letting Randall Kyle wide open in the end zone, but Eddie Jackson has been a force to be reckoned with. And I just think you have to go with the way – I've been treated by the NFL the last two years. Clearly, if you are against Roz, you are winning significantly either money, fantasy football, team morale. If you want to keep going on that trend, it is leading to a hefty, hefty price of the Bears winning the Super Bowl this year. And they just have that formula right now. When an NFL that is in complete shambles in terms of what team really stands out They're the team that offers the most punch, and it's really because of their defense and Khalil Mack, but they also have a guy who can extend drives, extend plays. Trubisky really can move the ball, might not have the strongest arm in the game, might not even be the most accurate, but he can move. And when it comes down to taking some time off the clock, that guy's going to be able to extend drives with his legs need be. And uh, the Bears scare me, and the Bears just seem like the team of destiny because my destiny has been shot and everyone else's has been great.
0: Yeah, I think the Bears, they they definitely have a shot here. Um, looking at number four right now, we have the Dallas Cowboys. They're your 2018 NFC East champions. Um, this has been an up and down year for the Cowboys, but they've really shown that when they've got that running game working and they've got, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch, Sean Lee kind of functioning on all cylinders, that this is another force to be reckoned with on the defensive side of the ball. And similar to the Bears, like, I'm not putting Dak Prescott up there with, you know, Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, Goff, but, you know, he, he, can, he can play well enough to get this Dallas Cowboys team to the Super Bowl because they just, they are a pretty solid team. Um, and I think, you know, it's just going to all depend on who de- who decides to show up on, on the playoffs. Um Zeke, I mean, I don't, had- think,
2: I don't think you could have been any more wrong with any of the assessment you just gave to the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, they did just get blanked by the Colts. Um, they offensively can't be run through Dak Prescott. I don't think he's a legit quarterback at all. I say he's got two to three years left in the league. I think it's going to become a time where Jerry Jones, is like, I need a new guy, and he's not going to let. If he's not letting go of Garrett, he's going to have to let go of the quarterback. I mean.
0: I, don't I mean, think I, the think got, are a I think team at I think all. Garrett's got to go. If They don't show up in this playoffs. I think he's got to go absolutely. But I think there's enough uh, time on the Cowboys. They're the least interesting team in the playoffs, in my opinion. But we move on to number Agreed. five. We've got about one minute left. Seattle Seahawks. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Russell Wilson might be the most important player to his team in these playoffs this year. Right or wrong.
2: Clearly, have to take back my statement earlier in the year. I think they're the sneakiest team, and if history repeats itself, this is going to be a Seahawks Super Bowl season. Just mark my (laughs) words.
0: And we look at the 6-7 matchup right now. Minnesota Vikings are in today, but the Eagles are lurking right behind. They have a game against the Redskins. If the Philadelphia Eagles get into the playoffs, who is to say that Nick Foles cannot go on that 3-0 run again and take the Eagles? to the promised land again we're going to find out this sunday what the final playoff picture looks like but that is all the time we have here for the sporting edge everybody if you miss the show you know where to find us liberty FM, amfm247.com we'll be back after the break we got to break down some of the bowl action going on we've got a third of the way done in college basketball and then you know the nba is also going on too but Nobody cares about that as much right now, with all these playoff talk on the line. Um, we'll be back after the break. And bad I think that any love it.
2: What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and the ACC is the worst conference in football. And let me get, let me start off with a headline banger: uh, Georgia Tech stomped on by Minnesota, Miami stomped on by Wisconsin, and I now. Want this to be heard. Believe Notre Dame stands a pretty decent chance of knocking off the Clemson Tigers, which is our focus of this segment as we talk the college football playoffs.
0: Wow. Roz, I am not going to disagree with you there, especially with the news coming out at Clemson camp that their best defensive lineman, Dexter Lawrence, is not going to be playing... In this game, after a failed drug test, there was a lot of speculation. They were hoping that the B sample would come back negative, but it did not. And Clemson will be without one of the most ferocious defensive forces in college football today. Dexter Lawrence, 350-pound mammoth in the middle of that Clemson line, will not be playing for the Tigers in the semifinals. So, Roz, I, I know you mentioned the Notre Dame fighting Irish, they have a chance with Ian Brooke under center, um, and I agree with you. I think they make it to the national championship game again.
2: Trevor Lawrence, a true freshman. You've got the news of this D-tackle being suspended, and you see the competition level that is the ACC. I think Clemson needs to be taken off its high horse. I know it's had some amazing stretches. I know it's won a national title, but like you said... This is a huge mammoth they take off that defensive line, taking a little bit of pressure off of Ian Book, who not only has been criticized, who not only has been questioned, with Wimbush now transferring after the season. Ian Book has got to make a statement, and that statement is I own Notre Dame, and Ian Book's going to have to go in there and take down Clemson. I'm flipping my bet, everybody. Give me plus 10 and a half. Notre Dame, give me the money line. Notre Dame their way to a drumming by the Alabama Crimson Tide in
0: the final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you uh, all remember what happened, I think it was about six or seven years ago now, where Notre Dame, just like LSU in a, in a championship way off in the distance, could not really even get past the 50-yard line in that game, but we'll get there when we get there, because I agree, Notre Dame fighting Irish, as much as people have bashed on them this year, you know they're not in a conference, they play a cookie-cutter schedule, um, I do think they have a shot versus these Clemson Tigers and Clemson you look at their season they're 13 and all they've won their games by an average of 32 points a game um, they do boast one of the top offenses in the nation you know they rank fifth in scoring 45.4 points per game um, and their season really just started to rise when Dabo Sweeney made the decision to switch to freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence in the season's fifth game and um, and the rookies responded with you know, more than 2,600 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. They've also got one of the nation's top running backs um, in Travis Etienne, who averages 8.3 yards per carry. But I think Notre Dame, they've, they've had a similar season. I mean, they had an in-season switch to quarterback Ian Book. Um, he's guided them to perfection. 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions. And running back Dexter Williams also on the cusp of 1,000 yards despite only playing in eight games. I think this is going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be a battle. But I think this Notre Dame team has a shot. So I am with Roz. I am on Notre Dame plus 10.5. I am on them on the money line. This is going to be your sporting edge bet of the year. Notre Dame takes down Clemson in the Cotton Bowl. And that takes us to the other semifinal matchup between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Oklahoma Sooners. This game is a 14-point spread. Alabama is favored facing the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. Um, Roz, how do you see this one playing out?
2: I have played more ping pong in my brain about this game than I think any college football game that up to this point in my life. Because as much as it makes sense, that this isn't a defense Kyler Murray has even remotely come close to playing as much as it makes sense that this Alabama Tua needs to make the point and show that he should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. Kyler's fast. Kyler's fast. Kyler has an awesome arm. And it just, I just don't see it going down as like a 28, nothing drumming. I see it going into the thirties on both ways. I see them making it a big 12 showdown. I see Kyler Murray putting up points because they also don't face quarterbacks like this in the SEC. You have to think about that in terms of what the Alabama defense faces. They don't face top-line offenses. As much shit as you want to give the Big 12 for not having good defenses, the SEC is not known for having tremendous offenses. So I really think, in my heart of heart, Alabama wins this game. And they could do it convincingly, but this has more of the feel of a 38-34, 38-30 ball game, And Kyler Murray steps up, impresses everybody again. And with the news of Justin Herbert going back to Oregon, we're going to see the new number one quarterback, be Kyler Murray, who just announced he is not sure his NFL dreams are crushed and there still might be a window. So give me Oklahoma plus 14. I think Kyler is something Nick Saban has not seen before.
0: Can't disagree with you there. I agree. You know, Kyler, Kyler Murray is probably the most dynamic player in the game, of college football today, but you know, as much as Alabama hasn't seen a player like him, I just think the overall prospect of an Alabama defense facing off against this Oklahoma offense as a whole, mainly looking at the line play, I think they're just going to be too much. Um, and I think Oklahoma's going to put up some points. But, I mean, looking at the other side of the ball, Alabama also had one of the better offenses in college football. Um, so Tua... I mean, I know he said he, you know, the other day he said he was about eighty to eighty-five percent. So hopefully he'll be closer to ninety to ninety-five, maybe even a hundred percent by the time this game kicks off. But I just don't think Alabama. Excuse me, I don't think Oklahoma can hang with Alabama for four quarters. Um, but at the same time, I do have Oklahoma plus fourteen. I agree with that. But I, th- I think this will be a ten-point game that is really going to be not as close as a ten-point game. If you kind of catch my drift. Um, I think they're going to go back and forth. Can I
2: just float I... something your way? Sure. Let me float something your way, though. So this same example we saw a year ago, a crushing, debilitating, starving defense that is the Georgia Bulldogs, taken for 40 points by Baker Mayfield, a guy who is just as athletic, actually not even close to as, as <laughs> athletic, but was that mold of quarterback. And Kyler, I think, is one step up from Baker Mayfield. So I think... It, it has been shown the Big 12 can come in and show their offense is just as impressive as the SEC defenses are.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, that could definitely happen. I'm not ruling out that that's a possibility. But, I mean, I just don't know if Kyler Murray can play a mistake-free game um, against this Alabama defense. I think what's going to happen is I think he's going to end up trying to do too much. Um, I know he's a great player and he makes a lot of plays, but... It's kind of when you're playing a better team. It's just you, you really can't make any mistakes because you just kind of leave the door open um, for them. And Alabama this year, I mean their offense is probably the best offense they've had under Nick Saban. So I I just think while Am- Oklahoma can play a great game, I think they're going to need to play basically a perfect game to beat Alabama because they're just they're not as good of a team. Um, but I'm honestly I'm more interested to see this Oklahoma defense because I think they're I think they're going to be the key to the game. I mean, I know that Kyler Murray is going to put up points. I don't know how many, but I'm, I'm figuring in the range of maybe 25 to 32. But this Oklahoma defense, I mean, they've, they've taken their licks this year. It has not been pretty. It never usually is in the Big 12. But it's going to be interesting to see how they shape up against this Alabama team that has a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Tua, Damien Harris, you know, the wide wide receiver corps is just constantly rolling over each year. Um, Got some great players, but Roz got about 10 seconds left. Um, Sum up your college football championship for me.
2: Alabama Crimson Tide, national champions again and again and again and again and again.
0: I agree with Roz. Um, I think the semifinal games are going to be better than the national championship game, especially if Notre Dame (laughs) takes down Clemson. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It was good to be back. We are on a football heaven right now. Um, playoffs, 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 and more playoffs. Where's Jim Mora when I need him? Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week breaking down some NFL playoff action. We get the full picture for real. Um, and we'll take a look at the rest of the bowls, and then maybe we'll talk about a little basketball next time too. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch it next week. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm